Today's episode contains some material and language that might not be suitable for everyone. Discretion is advised. Before we get started with today's episode, we need to bring something up real quickly. With the recent rise in Asian hate crimes, we want to express that we do not stand for any hate towards any race or culture, period. Our episodes are created with help from people of every and any culture or race. We do not discriminate, and we only push for the equality of every single person. We here at the Plum Forest Podcast stand behind the Stop Asian Hate movement, along with our continuous support of the Black Lives Matter movement. Black lives still matter, and Asian hate needs to be stopped, and racism or discrimination of any kind needs to end. We stand with you and anyone else in fighting racism and discrimination and will still strive to work to bring equity and equality to every single human being. All right, now that that's out of the way, let's get to this week's show. Welcome to the Plum Forest Podcast, where we give you modernized versions of classical Chinese fables and short stories. Make sure you are following and subscribing to us on whatever platform you use to listen. And also make sure you are following us on our Twitter and Instagram at Plum Forest Pod. And if you're feeling like you want to help out a little bit, you could always leave us a comment or a review on whatever app you use. This also lets me know that you're listening, and I like that. How's everyone doing? Today we got a great story and we're actually going to just be getting straight into it. But don't worry, we'll talk about the story a little bit after it is over. So let's just hop straight into today's story, The Trinkets. Another quick note, this story deals with addiction and if you think you or someone you know might have signs of a gambling addiction, Please check the show notes for links that can help you or your friends out. Ah, the summer of 2019 was an amazing time. Oh, 2019. God, that was so nice. Do you all remember that time? It felt like years ago at this point, but oh, buddy, was it great. We could go out without worrying about viruses, music festivals were in full effect, and wearing a mask was just something doctors and nurses did during surgery. Oh, those were the days. Public service announcement, real quick. We've almost fucking made it, people, with this shitty, shitty COVID thing. Please wear a mask for just a little longer so we can get over this last little bit. The finish line is in sight, everyone. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I just had to throw that in so we can get to that goddamn finish line. Now, back to the story. On this hot and summer day, a man by the name of Pierre and his brother Morgan were sitting down in the city center and enjoying a nice cup of coffee at a cute little coffee shop. The two of them were sitting down and people watching all the lovely people in the town square. The waitress headed over and set their drinks down on the table. Thank you. Thank you very much. The two both took a sip of their coffee. Damn, that's some good gourmet coffee shit. What is this place called? It's called Javi Wasabi Coffee. It's why I come here, actually. It's this naturally sourced organic coffee, and here, 
take another sip. So what about it? You taste that sweetness? It's because all the beans are rinsed with Vecca Negra before they are processed. That doesn't mean shit to me, Pia. I know, but I felt I just had to let you know. It's why I come here, though. It's really good. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't have a palate for coffee. Fair enough, Morgan. So how have you been recently? I haven't seen you since Dad's birthday. Yeah, it's been a little while since we've hung out. I've been good, though. You know, just working for the state. Auditing. Oh boy, that sounds fun. Shut up, Pia. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm glad you're doing alright, though. The two enjoyed their coffee for a little while longer, and then Pierre asked his brother, So, uh, how's this whole, you know, gambling thing going? God damn it, Pierre. Is that why you asked me out here? Of course not. I just want to catch up with you. I have to run some errands around here, and I'm here just to catch up with my little bro. Are you serious? I am serious. I wanted to catch up with you, and I was just curious how you're doing with this shitty situation. How's the whole situation going? You doing alright? Yeah, I know. It's going. I'm doing the whole Gamblers Anonymous thing, and yeah, it's doing better than it was a couple months ago, alright? That's wonderful to hear. I'm glad you've been able to work on that, and I just want to make sure you're doing alright. I appreciate that, man. I really do. You know... I haven't gambled in over a month, but Sandra doesn't bring Tony around anymore because of it. I'm still in debt, but I'm making my way out of it day by day. It's been really tough, but I think I've gotten through the rough patch. Some would say... the Valley of Darkness? God damn it. Are you on that whole Jeebus thing too? That's the one problem with the 12-step program. I don't like all the religious shit. What? You don't believe in our Lord and Savior Jeebus Christ? <laughs> I know, I know. It works for a lot of people, but just like Grandpa used to say, it's not my beer. It might be theirs, but it's not mine. That is very true, Morgan. That is actually a famous German saying that I think is one of the best sayings in the world. But who cares what I think, right? I'm glad that you're doing better, though. Hey, thanks. I appreciate that. It was rough, but I feel like I'm in a good place in my life now, and I've moved on from that. That is awesome, my man. The two of them continued drinking their coffee and chatting about life and just catching up. You know, brother stuff. After a short while, a man in robes walking past made eye contact with Pierre and they both waved to each other. The man in robes walked over and greeted Pierre. Pierre, it's been ages. How have you been? You haven't been in the shop in a while. Looks like you're doing well. How are you and your husband? We're doing great. It's funny you passed by. I was going to stop by the store on the way out of here. Oh yeah, Mr. Wu, this is my brother Morgan. Nice to meet you, Mr. Wu. Oh, it's Mr. Wu. Nice to meet you, Morgan. Well, that's perfect then. I'm heading around to get some things, but if you want to head by the shop when you're finished, come on by. Of course we will. Oh well, how about this? I'm going to grab all these things, so it might take a little while. But you can just take the key, and when you're finished with your coffee, head on in and make some tea for us. You remember where all the tea stuff is, right? How could I forget? I've been having tea with you for over a decade. We'll head over there. Pierre looked down at the two coffee cups on the table. In just a few minutes, it looks like. Perfect. I'll see you there in a bit. The older man in robes reached in his pocket and pulled out a skeleton key and set it down on the table. See you in a bit. The two brothers waved and smiled as the man walked off. Once the man was out of sight, Morgan asked his brother, 
So are you going to tell me who that dude is, or... Mr. Wu? Oh, he's the man. He's the older fellow that I found when me and Albert were having issues with, um... You know. Your ED? Shut up, Morgan. Not so loud. Oh, come on. If I can see Viagra ads on goddamn Nickelodeon, then we can talk about ED at a coffee shop in public, okay? Whatever. It's just something I'm not too fond of to talk about in public. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. All right. Well, let's finish our coffees then. Here, I'll flag down the waitress. Morgan waved the waitress down and did the international signal for the bill. We all know this signal, right? You know, when you pretend to write something on your hand and it looks like you're signing the check? I've used that in close to 50 different countries, and it always works. So if you ever need to get the bill without saying any words, just try that. It'll work, I promise. The waitress soon brought over the bill, and the two settled the bill and began walking towards Mr. Wu's shop just down the road. The two of them walked down a smaller alley and stopped in front of a brick storefront with specialty wares and goods written in paint across the top that hadn't been touched up in nearly a decade. They stood in front of a black wooden door with red trim and a small circular window just at their eye level. What the fuck is this place, Pierre? <laughs> don't worry, this dude is legit. Looks shit as all fuck, but he's legit. Pierre put the skeleton key in the keyhole and turned it to open the door. As the door opened, an intense smell of incense and fragrances filled the nostrils of the two of them and Morgan began to cough a little as they walked into the shop. <coughs> you alright? Yeah, that smell just hit me like Mike Tyson. I'm all good though. <laughs> the smell always gets to the first timers, but you'll get used to it. Yo, what the fuck? How did he get here? We have his key, and he said he was running errands. Don't ask questions you don't want the answers to, Morgan. Morgan looked at Pierre like he had just seen a murder. <laughs> Take a deep breath. It's all good. Relax. Yes, Morgan. Here, have a seat and have some nice oolong tea. Mr. Wu slid over a chair and poured some cups of tea for the two of them. The two of them sat down and began enjoying their tea. As Morgan sat down, he started looking around the shop and saw all sorts of things he had never seen before in his life. Hey, do you guys mind if I wander around the store and uh, check all this out? Please do. Just remember, you break it, you buy it. The three of them giggled. Morgan took another sip of his tea, and then he stood up and began to wander around the store and just check out all the trinkets and knickknacks, you know. After messing around with a few of the objects, something caught his eye. Hey, Mr. Wu, what is this? Morgan held up a wooden plank with images of different animals and fish and even a gourd on it. Oh, that. That's an ancient game we used to play. You guys want to learn and play a few rounds? Why not? I got time. Pierre, you down? Yeah, that'd be fun. Good tea, good people, good games. What could go wrong? The other two nodded in agreement. Okay, grab those beads next to the plank and make sure there are three of those dice on that pile of beads. Morgan looked down around and soon found a small bowl with beads with three dice in it. He grabbed them and brought the plank along with the bowl to the table. 
He set the wooden plank down on the table, and the bowl with the beads and dice were placed right next to the plank. Let's start with the plank. There are six images on this plank. A deer, a gourd, a crab, fish, shrimp, and a chicken. Is this how we're gonna pick dinner? <laughs> oh, shut up and listen, Morgan. <laughs> you got jokes? I got games. Don't worry, this is gonna be a fun round. But no, this is not how we're picking dinner. So we'll have six images on the plank, and how many of those dice do we have? Six. Correcto mundo. Well, now we each get 10 beads, and we each get to put a bead down on the image to bet. A bet? Pierre looked straight over at Morgan. Don't worry, we're not playing for money, are we? No, 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 of course not. Well, we can if you- No, no money should be involved in this game. Morgan began sweating a little bit as his gambling addiction began to re-emerge. Okay, well, we place our beads on the images, and if I roll the dice and there is a one, which is a deer, then I have to pay out. I mean, give back the beads to those who bet. I mean, sorry, put beads on the deer. And the beads go with me if they're not on the deer. For us and to learn, let's just play with two dice. Mr. Wu set aside the third dice. Now, if I roll two of the same number, I owe, I mean... I give you double if it's the one you put your beads on. If it's not one you bet, I mean, put beads on, then you give me double your beads. Does it make sense so far? Morgan was now sweating quite a bit as he felt that his addiction was peeking its ugly head out. Pierre put his hand on Morgan's shoulder. You alright, Morgan? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Just making some bad memories come up, but I've moved on. Yeah. As long as it's not for money, uh... I should be fine. Alright then. This game makes sense and is simple. But as long as there is no money, we should be good. Morgan nodded in agreement as his sweat was starting to be more and more visible. Are you okay? I'm no detective, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that you might have had a little trouble pass with gambling, no? Yeah, it's fine. I used to be quite the gambler until I lost it all. Your life? But you're still right here in front of me. Mr. Wu touched Morgan's shoulder. Yeah, you're real. Or those ghosts have gotten real good nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I lost my wife, my house, my kid, who I haven't seen in a while. They took everything from me. They even started harassing my family and me for money. Pierre put his arm around Morgan as Morgan's eyes began to water up. It took my entire life, and I lost it all, including my money. Now, I'm just trying to get my life on track, just one day at a time. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking laughing at my shitty life? What in the fuck is wrong with you? No, 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 chill, chill, chill. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at this story. We have an ancient saying about how it's always the same story of a gambler and them losing their life. This happens to every person who heads down the path of a gambling addiction. How the hell do you know this? And who the hell are you to laugh at me for being in this situation? Mr. Wu stared him straight in the eyes as he reached into his pocket and pulled out a small gold pin and set it down on the table. Pierre grabbed the pin, inspected it for a second, and then handed it over to Morgan. Morgan then looked at the gold pin and saw a GA and a 35 underneath it. Morgan looked over to Mr. Wu and said, 35 years, huh? 
Mr. Wu nodded as he took a sip of his tea. Morgan took a deep breath and calmed down in his chair and took a sip of his also. Oof. So you've been through this before? I've been through the valley of death and come out on the other side. <laughs> you weren't a fan of the religious part of it either, huh? Wasn't for me, but works for a lot of people. Again, very true. It's not for everyone, but it helps some. Did you know this, Pierre? This is all new to me. I, I don't tell many people about this part of my life, but I know what you're going through. Well, do you have any advice to help me? Advice? Not really. But I do have something that got me out of debt and filled that cup of desire to gamble. What is that something? And are you willing to give it to me? I will literally do anything to get out of debt and put this gambling thing behind me. Okay, sit here. I'll get the ingredients. Ingredients? What? Yeah. Nothing perfect is easy. I gotta make it. Mr. Wu stepped back into his office and Morgan leaned into Pierre and said, Is this guy full of shit? At this point, I have no idea. He's given me some weird-ass remedies that have all worked, so might as well try. Try? Try. I can't try at this point. I need my family, my house, and my life back. I'm not willing to risk losing those again. Morgan, I have no clue what he's going to say. He has that pin, and it might even be worth a shot to see what he says. I'm not too sure. Have you seen Albert in the past year? He's always got a smile on his face. Do you know why? What do you mean? I came here when I had issues with my, uh, you know. Oh, you little limpy pee-pee? Limpy pee-pee? Come on, Morgan. But you're not wrong. He told me to eat these fucking leaves and drink a tea during sunrise and sunset for two weeks straight. And Albert had to go buy this shit and dance every full moon for three months. Three months? Three months, and it fucking worked. Albert was just as skeptical as you, but look at us now. We, uh, you know, on the reg. You and Albert have first-class tickets to Pound Town all the time? Real mature, Morgan. Give this shit a try, though. Mr. Wu headed back to the front room and set down a couple of items on the table in front of the two of them. Both Morgan and Pierre inspected the items, but they all seemed like nothing out of the ordinary. Okay, so before I sit down, how much do you owe? Morgan looked at Pierre with a look of confusion on his face and Pierre nodded. I owe... Eh, roughly 200k. Not roughly. How much exactly? Exactly? $209,000. Morgan was so ashamed of this amount and he looked down at his feet as he said it out loud. Don't be ashamed, man. We'll make it out all right. We made mistakes, and we need to get ourselves out of these situations. Mr. Wu headed back into his office while Morgan and Pierre sat in the front room waiting for him to return. He soon returned and put a stack of money on the table. Both Morgan and Pierre were baffled by the numerous trinkets followed by a large lump sum of money. All right, Morgan. I'm going to explain the process to you, and you need to do it exactly. I have it written down on this paper, but before you see the list, I want to tell you this so you know what you're doing, okay? Okay. No, you look me in the fucking eyes and tell me, yes, Mr. Wu, I understand that I must complete this list down to the very last detail. Yes, Mr. Wu, I understand that I must complete the list down to every last detail. Very well now, let me explain. There are three items on this table. 
this shark tooth, this shard of turtle shell, and this jar filled with ash from Mount Taishan. All these three things need to be kept on your body for six days straight. I'm talking shower, gardening, even when you're making love to whoever you may feel like making love to. Oh, by the way, how are you and Albert doing? We're doing fine, Mr. Wu. Thank you. Wonderful. Back to you, Morgan. Tomorrow morning, as soon as you wake up, take the shark tooth in this pouch and wrap it around your right shoulder with the tooth pouch in your right armpit. Got it? Shark tooth pouch in my right armpit. Got it. Okay, good. And now put the turtle shard in this pouch and wrap it around your left ankle. Left ankle. Wrap it around the left ankle. Got it. Then, take this ash in this jar and put it in your underwear to the left of your testicles, between your beanbag and your left thigh. Got it? Ash jar in my undies between my beanbag and left thigh. Perfect. Tomorrow morning, you do this as quick as you can, and you do it right when you wake up. Understood? Morgan looked at Pierre and then looked back to Mr. Wu and said, Got it. Okay, now here's where the money comes in hand. What casino is your preferred place to gamble? The Breaker 6696 Casino. Ah, the good old Breaker 6696 Casino. Okay, let me think. Mr. Wu got up and headed to the back office, and he started going through some shelves when a loud bang could be heard coming from the back room. Morgan and Pierre got startled, but soon after the commotion, Mr. Wu returned to the front room and said, All right, listen carefully to this next part. You know roulette, right? Of course. I'm a gambling addict. On the morning of the seventh day, go to the casino with all three of these trinkets still on you, and then go to the roulette table number 99 in the back of the casino. There will be a high rollers table, and you make a bet for $7,000, not one penny more or less, on red nine. Wait, all on red nine? Why? That doesn't seem like a smart move. Mr. Wu glared at Morgan. All right, all right, all right. $7,000 on red nine. But I have a problem with all of this. You don't have $7,000, do you? Exactly. Well, that's what this is for. This stack of cash is $7,000 and exactly what you need. And because you're a betting man, what would happen if that little pearly white ball lands on red nine? 245K. Wait, what? It's 35 to one odds for a single number bet. And seven times 35 is? 245K. Wow, you guys are brothers, this is cute. Now repeat to me what you're going to do before I give you the list. Tomorrow morning, shark tooth in the right armpit, turtle shell in the left ankle, and ash jar between my bean bag and my left thigh. Keep these on me at all times for six days. Then on the morning of the seventh day, I go to Breaker 6696 Casino and find roulette table number 99 and bet 7K on red nine. That's perfect. But let's do some math now. Yeah, if you owe 209000 and win 245000 what about the extra 36k? Extra 29000 not 36000 Wait a second. 245 minus 209 is 36. How'd you get 29? 
What are you starting that bet with? That seven grand is mine, not yours. So you will pay me back that 7,000. Oh, that's right. Okay, perfect. But what about the extra 29K? You will take that 29,000 and give it to your brother and he will invest in your child's college fund. Oh, that's so sweet. That extra money is not yours. It's your child's college funds, okay? Okay, I got it. Look at me. College fund. All right. Okay. Okay. I got it. College fund. And you will also give me that 7000 once you've won. Yeah, without a doubt. But how do you know if I'll even win? And why can't I just keep betting to get more and buy a goddamn mansion? No. Only do this one bet. Once you win that one and only bet, you know what you do? Walk away. Exactly. Here's a list just to be sure you know what you're doing. Mr. Wu handed him the instructions and Morgan put it in his pocket. Now let's play some of my favorite gourd game. Anyone want some more tea? The three of them played a few rounds of the game and actually had a blast playing together. And after a short while, Morgan and Pierre headed home with the trinkets, the $7,000, and the instructions in hand. And of course, Pierre bought some more of his limpy pee-pee helper so they can get down to Poundtown later. The next morning, Morgan woke up to his phone buzzing. He checked his phone and saw a message from his brother. God damn it. What does Pierre want now? Morgan read the note out loud in his half-asleep voice. Be sure to do that shit right when you wake up. Even before you shower. Morgan headed into the bathroom and wrapped the shark tooth in his right armpit. He then tied the turtle shell to his left ankle... And lastly, he put the ash jar between his nutsack and his left thigh. This doesn't feel that bad, alright? Let me hop in the shower. Morgan then took a shower and continued about his day with these three trinkets now attached to his body. The next six days went by and he made sure those trinkets were securely fastened as best as they could be. And on the night of the sixth day, Morgan got a call from his brother. Hey man, what's going on? Hey Morgan, tomorrow morning, you wanna go to the casino together? Together? Why? Well, you know, you have an addiction and I'd like to go give you moral support, cause you know, this is your goddamn addiction and I don't want you to fuck this up. Alright. Calm down. I have my game plan. And you're going to stick to it. I know. I know. Alright, well, I'll come over around 9 and we can drive over there together. Sounds good. I'll see you then. They hung up the phone and the next morning, the two brothers headed over to the Breaker 6696 Casino just on the outskirts of town. As they arrived at the casino, Morgan's nerves were starting to take over. The closer he got to the casino, the more it felt like he was returning to an abusive ex. Pierre looked over to him. You alright, bud? Yeah, let's get this over with. These trinkets are starting to get a little bit annoying. But you've kept them on you at all times during the past six days, right? Of course. Every few hours, I check to make sure these are still in place. Alright then, let's finish this. The two of them walked up to the sliding glass doors and entered the casino. 
As soon as the flashing lights and noises were picked up by Morgan, he became more and more uneasy. But Pierre kept checking in to make sure he was okay, and at this point, Morgan was a man on a mission. The two of them beelined it over to the roulette area and found table number 99. At this point, Morgan was now visibly sweating and reached into his pocket to hold on to the $7,000. Morgan looked over to the dealer at the table and waited for bets to be placed for the next round. The previous round finished and the dealer shouted out, Betting is now open on table 99. Morgan pulled out the cash and handed it to the dealer and said, 7000 The dealer got on their little microphone and called over the pit boss to inspect the bills. A pit boss soon arrived and then proceeded to inspect the bills. After the inspection, he whispered something into the dealer's ear. Cashing $7,000. The dealer took out $7,000 worth of chips and handed them over to Morgan. He slowly pushed the chips forward and moved them all right to the red nine square. All the other people at the table looked at him with wide eyes and the pit boss began to take notice of this strange one-off bet. But you know, they're at a fucking casino, so this can't be the first time they've seen this kind of shit go down. Alright, 20 seconds guys. Get him in if you want to get him in. And then the betting is closed. Pierre looked over to Morgan. How you doing bud? You okay? You ever eat an entire six-foot-long sub? What? Of course not. Have you? Of course not. But I bet this is what it feels like. The dealer then said to the table, All bets are now closed. The dealer put the glass piece on the table, and at this point, all bets were final. All Morgan could do is stare at the stack of chips sitting on the red nine square. His heart was pumping so hard it was about to come out of his chest, and he was sweating like a whore in church. I mean, in all honesty, he put 7k on a 1 in 36 chance. I'd be so fucking nervous too, like, just gonna throw that out there. The dealer then flicked the little white pearl ball on the wheel, and it began to spin around the wheel. Morgan's veins were about to burst out of his head, as this was the most nervous he's ever been in his life. The ball soon slowed down. Morgan decided he needed to close his eyes. Red nine. Holy shit. Morgan was so reluctant to open his eyes, but his brother was jumping for joy next to him, so he knew something good had happened. He slowly peeked out and looked at the board with all the winning numbers and saw a red nine on the top of the board. Holy shit, Morgan. Holy shit. As the chips were being distributed out to the winners, the pit boss had a short word with the dealer and then pulled the machine out of his pocket. The pit boss soon printed out a slip on the machine and handed it to the dealer. Here are your winnings, sir. If you would like to continue playing, you are more than welcome to. But whenever you would like to cash out, the cashier is located just over there. Thank you very much. He grabbed the slip and as soon as he felt that waxy paper in his fingers, he got chills down his spine. Oh shit man, you did it. Mr. Wu was right. Let's... let's go again. Morgan, 
Do you remember what Mr. Wu said? Let's cash out, give him his share, and do the rest like we were told to do by Mr. Wu. Why though? We have all this money, why not make more? I still have all the trinkets on me. He stuck his hand in his armpit to feel for something, but there was nothing there anymore. You okay? It's... it's gone. What? Morgan then reached down to feel his nuts, and then he bent over to feel his ankle, but all three of the trinkets were now missing. They are all gone. Morgan, let's go. Let's cash out, go back to Mr. Wu's store, give him his money and pay your debts off, and I'll start Tony's college fund. Let's just leave now. All right, I'm with you. This is wild. Let's cash out and get out of here. The two of them took their earnings and headed out of the casino. The next day, Morgan and Pierre headed back to the city center and returned to Mr. Wu's store. As they entered the store, Mr. Wu returned to the front room and said to the two of them, The boys are back, and it looks like you won! You follow directions real well. Glad it worked out for you two and your child. Thank you oh so much, Mr. Wu. Have fun? Honestly, I did not. I felt like Gollum when he saw the ring again. That feeling was something I have never felt before when gambling. I'm done with it. I just can't do it anymore. I now understand what gambling addiction feels like. I'm sorry I ever doubted you, Morgan. It's alright, Pierre, but I do have some bad news, Mr. Wu. The bad news? What do you mean? Here. It's a 7k you gave me. He handed the stack of cash to him. Thank you. And I put the extra 29k into his son's college fund. Oh, that's wonderful. Those both are good things. Did you pay your debts back? Yep. I'll pay it off. Well then, what's the bad news? Well, I can't seem to find those trinkets you gave me. Uh, I'm so sorry. I just have no idea where they could be. Oh, those trinkets? Oh, don't worry about those at all. I just have a question for you. When you won, did you get chilly at all? Chilly? Like cold? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I did. Wait, how did you know that? When you won, I took my trinkets back so you wouldn't keep gambling. I needed to get into your mind and make sure you weren't going to keep gambling, so I took them back. Mr. Wu then pointed over to the counter where the Ashtar, the Shark Tooth, and the Turtle Shell were all sitting on the counter. What? Morgan's mind was racing as he tried to figure out what was going on, but then Pierre put his hand on his shoulder and said to him, Remember what I said a while back? My limpy pee-pee isn't limpy anymore because Mr. Wu helped me? He knows his shit. Mr. Wu smiled. What a great story that was. And this story was actually based off another story from that great collection of stories called Strange Stories from a Chinese Studio. And if you're a returning listener, we use this book for so many of our stories for a reason. It's actually one of the most famous collections of classical Chinese short stories, so you bet your ass we're going to use it until we can't anymore. The original of this story is called Du Fu. Or a direct translation is something along the lines of the gambling talisman. This is a great story that brings up one of the age-old issues of gambling, which has been hurting people in their lives for centuries. Again, if you think you or someone you know might be struggling with an addiction, head to the show notes to get a link that might help your situation out. 
But if you have any other questions or comments, head on over to the Plum Forest Podcast subreddit and let's get discussing this wild and crazy story. This week, we had an amazing group of people help us out with the voices. First off, we had the amazing Jake from the Surprise Scenarios podcast do the voice of the dealer. Jake's show is amazing and it's always good for a nice little giggle. The voice of Mr. Wu was done by the great Jordan Schneider from the China Talk podcast. As a fellow Xenophile, this show is amazing and it gives the listeners a great perspective on topics that most of us aren't even aware of. And Jordan makes it easier for you to understand even if you're not all about Chinese culture or society, but it is really interesting. The voice of Pierre was done by the awesome Jacob from the Sunday Night Army podcast. On Jacob's show, he talks about literally everything under the sun. But actually, the Sunday Night Army podcast was the recent winner of the SMEPA for Best Male Host. So he's got to be a pretty damn good host, I'd say. Congratulations, Jacob, and keep up the great work. And lastly, the voice of Morgan was done by the fantastic Tim from the 20 Tim Minutes podcast. Tim also talks about all sorts of great topics for a quick 20 minutes. Hence the name, right? Pretty clever, I'd say. But Tim is actually fucking hilarious and is always putting out great content with hilarious references. So make sure to go check out all these amazing people and their work. You can get all those links on this episode's page at plumforestpodcast.com. Before we finish this up, we have a little bit of news. We will actually be going bi-weekly with our episodes instead of every week. And I know, I know, it sucks, but you know, stuff happens. Our lives have all had to change recently and we think that a bi-weekly schedule will fit us better. But we're still making these shows for you because we all love to do it so much here. But if you're subscribed to us, you'll be all set to go and the episodes will just download whenever they release. So make sure you're following or subscribing to us on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Our socials are still there with great info and news about the show, so make sure you follow us at Plum Forest Pod on Twitter and Instagram. But in all honesty, just go check out our website and you will get the links to anything and everything that's related to us. Go ahead, go, go, go check it out after this episode. It'll be worth it, I promise. Well, until our next episode, I hope you all can take care and stay safe. Betting is now open on table 99, so get your asses down here! Cash in $7,000. Woo! Damn! Red 9 standing by. You just listened to a Where's Kellen production. Nailed it.